born to die That he might give Eternal life That I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment. But first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. It's good to have you here today, and I uh, want to talk to you about something I believe is very, very important, and why only, only... The two natures can explain grace. Now, over the years, I will cover parts of this, parts of that, and then sometime I put it together this way, and then I'll have something else, but just a little tad of this and so on, because we have a great ministry now through the YouTube videos that we put up. Many people are trusting Christ as Savior. But anyway, if you look there in your notes, the problem, there is a problem And the problem, if a preacher understood the truth of the gospel, they would never preach that a saved man had to persevere to be saved, to stay saved, or to prove one is saved. They wouldn't say, if you're really saved, you're not going to want to live in sin, or you can't tell me that you can live as you please and still go to heaven, Or I know that I'm saved, but I don't know for sure if I'm going to heaven. Now, there's a lot of contradictions in some of these statements. But it's like asking a person, are you married? Yes, I am. Do you have a wife? Well, I don't know. Now, you would think automatically that somebody who wants to have a mother-in-law would have a wife. But some people just don't get it. When you trust Christ as Savior, you have eternal life. You can't trust Him and not get eternal life. And if you have eternal life, it's because you trusted Him. So if you got one, you got the other. You can't have one without the other. So are you saved? Yes, I am. Do you have eternal life? Well, I don't know. Then you don't get it. So then you have a problem. Now understand this. Look there at the next statement. Very important statements. Does making Christ the Lord of my life make me perfect? Now you know this. The requirement to go to heaven is it... Heaven is a perfect place. You hear us say that all the time. Heaven is a perfect place. The Bible says heaven is a perfect place. And you have to be perfect to go to heaven. Well, if that's the truth, how are we going to get there? So there's sometimes there's people that will make the statement, you must make Christ the Lord and the master of your life. So if you follow the master who was perfect, then you'll live good enough and maybe you'll make it. But then, of course, you'll have to wait until you're dead to find out if you made it or not. Well, I got good news for you. You don't even have to start on that journey because he's already said, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Not of works, 
lest any man should boast. So it has nothing to do with your works. But now look at the next statement. Does turning from sin make me perfect? If I turn from my sin, will that make me perfect? No. You're not going to be perfect if you turn from your sin. How many sins would you have to turn from? All of them. Well, can you? No. That's your problem. That's my problem. Because sin is the nature that's on the inside. And that's why we've said before, you tell a dog, dog, you stop acting like a dog, I'll make you a chicken. How long would you have to wait? Don't wag your tail. Don't go, <laughs> don't do that. Don't act like a dog. It's your nature. It's the nature of a human because we have a sinful nature and we sin naturally. Look at the next statement. Any gospel that teaches a man can either earn his way to heaven or can lose it after he has been saved is an admission that their gospel is not perfect and therefore cannot save at all. For anything to last for eternity, it must be perfect. It has to be perfect to last forever. And if it's not perfect, it can't last forever. Now, this is why you and I had to have something that would make us good to go. If you have to be perfect to get to heaven, then we have to have something that will make us perfect. Because if it doesn't make us perfect, we can't go. Doesn't that make sense? Of course it makes sense. But now notice, salvation is making a sinner perfect. Salvation is God making a sinner perfect. Because if it doesn't make him perfect, he can't go. Because heaven's a perfect place. You have to be perfect to go to heaven. If this is not accomplished, there is no salvation. There is no salvation unless the gospel you hear and believe can make you perfect. That's why when they add on, you must turn from your sins in order to help make you perfect. Like, Christ can't do it unless you do this. Then you can't do that. And if he has to make you perfect, but it's contingent upon you committing your life to Christ and living a certain way, you can't do it. You cannot help. So nothing you add to it can help make you perfect. Either Christ can do it in Him alone, or it can't be done. I wish people would see that. So number one, an eternal salvation must be a perfect salvation. Take your Bible, look in Hebrews chapter 5. There's a few verses we'll look at very quickly. Hebrews and chapter 5. And notice there in verse 9 in your Bible, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9, Old School Reference Bible, it's on page 1295, one of the Bibles that's uh, sitting there in the pew in front of you. It's exactly the same kind of a Bible that I'm using. Number 9, verse 9, and being made perfect. We're talking about Christ. He became the author of eternal salvation. He had been made perfect. The only one that was perfect was Christ. Christ, perfect. Everybody else is a sinner. He being made perfect became the author of what kind of salvation? That's the only kind of salvation he became the author of. Eternal salvation. So if it's eternal salvation, it has to be a perfect salvation. So Christ was perfect. He made and designed a perfect salvation. In other words, a salvation that can take a man that's a sinner and make him perfect. Because if it doesn't make him perfect, he can't go. 
Now you say, what does a perfect person look like? Look up here. <laughs> am I going to heaven? Yes, I am. How many of you in here are going to heaven? Let me see your hands. But if y'all aren't a little, I'm not going to say it. To think that you're so good to go to heaven. You think you're perfect. But you know, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, you have been given the perfection of Christ. You have been made perfect in Christ. We'll get to that in just a minute. Now, look at number two. The law made nothing, no one, perfect. Look there in Hebrews in chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. And notice what he says in verse 19. You'll hear people say, you've got to keep the law, you've got to keep the law. Well, after 1,500 years, how many were made perfect by keeping the law? In verse 19, for the law made nothing, what? Nothing perfect. But, in contrast, the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. But the law couldn't do is make you perfect. But something could and something can. And that's why we have something better. And you'll notice in verse 22, by so much was Jesus made a surety or a guarantee of something better. Better than the law. The law means this is what you have to do. The only thing that can be better than that is what Jesus had to do. You couldn't save yourself. Therefore, the law could not make anybody perfect. So trying to live a perfect life won't work. Why? Because you can't do it. That's why Christ can make something better. And if it can't, law can't make you perfect, and if it's going to be perfect, it has to make you perfect. So Jesus Christ can do for you what nobody else can do. No one can do this for you. Now, look in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, and look in verse 1. Isn't it amazing that the word perfect just happens to be in here? I didn't put it there. It's already in your Bible. But it's there for a reason. Why? Because, hey, do you understand? You have to be perfect to go to heaven. And if the gospel doesn't make you perfect, it doesn't work. It's not a true message. See there in verse 1 of chapter 10. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, not the very image of the things, can, see that word, never, 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 with those sacrifices which they offered year by year, continually make the comers unto what? Can't make them perfect. All the work that they did for 1,500 years, all the sacrifices that they made, and whether or not you sacrifice by going to church, and you sacrifice by praying, and you sacrifice by giving money, and you sacrifice by trying to live a good life, all of your sacrifices that you ever made, continually, all your life, will never make you perfect. It never did then, and it'll never work. You can't do it. Impossible. If you was to start today and try to be perfect, you can't do it. What are you going to do about what you've already done? Duh. You already messed up. And then, nobody would believe that you're perfect if you told them you were. In your own works. By the way you live. It's not going to work. Now notice in chapter, the fourth note here, chapter 10, 
in verse 10. Look in verse 10. Notice, because of what Christ did, in verse 10, by the which will we are sanctified or made pure and holy through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. That means whatever he did, it only has to be done one time and never again. Whatever it is, one time. He made one payment for all sin forever. Then you notice in verse 12, but this man, referring to Christ, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, for how long? Forever set down the work done on the right hand of God. Now look in verse 14. For by one offering he hath, what's the word? Perfected for how long? Forever who? Them that are sanctified. When you trusted Christ as your Savior, God set you apart and made you pure and holy. Once and for all. In God's eyes, you will never be anything but pure and holy and perfect. Good to go. You say, by what I, the way I live? No, not, it has nothing to do with the way you lived. The way you lived or the way you will live. Your way of life has nothing to do with you going to heaven. And that's what blows most people's mind. They just can't believe that. So that's too simple. You've got to do something. It's that something that will send you to hell. There isn't anything you can add to it. You can't add one work to grace, or then grace is no longer grace. Grace means it has to be free and last forever. If it's not free, it's not grace. If it doesn't last forever, it's not grace. And that's the definition of the gospel itself. The gospel, the good news. What makes it good news is God himself can declare you righteous, make you perfect. Because he takes all of your sins and he paid for it as though you never committed a one. And you're good to go because of what it is. You say, well, you don't deserve that. <laughs> That's what we're trying to say. Of course you don't deserve it. No man does. But yet you'll find out there's people say, well, you can't tell me you can just trust Christ as your Savior and go out here and live like the devil and still go to heaven. Well, if I can't tell you, can God tell you that? That's what God says. You say, well, don't sound right. That's nothing to do with whether it sounds right. God says, your thoughts are not my thought, and your ways are not my ways. God designed salvation. He did not ask my opinion. He didn't ask me how it sounded. But the truth is still the truth. I have a choice. I can choose to serve the Lord after I'm saved. I can choose not to serve the Lord. But to me, it makes more sense to serve the Lord. I'm so thankful that he made it free, and he'll never cast me out and never lose me. I want to serve him all the days of my life. But I don't serve him to go to heaven. I serve him because I want to. Because I'm going to heaven. Because I, I want to serve him. And it just makes a lot of sense. Now, look down at the bottom of your page and you'll notice the old nature. See, you may be 15 years old, but you have an old nature. And if you're 50 years old, you've got an old nature. If you're 100 years old, you've got an old nature. You have an old nature. You were born with it. It's a sinful nature. And so this is what the Bible is talking about. Now, if you look down in your notes there, you need to understand the impossibility of the old man, your first birth, being any good 
to produce good works. This is why whenever the rich young ruler came to Christ and he made the statement, Good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, Why callest thou me good? There's none good but God. So if, if I'm good, I must be God. And if I'm not God, I'm not good. Duh. He didn't really get it. But you need to understand, there is none good but one, and that's God. Everybody is a sinner. And God says there is none good, no, not one. So you look down at the bottom of the page there, at letter A, none righteous. None righteous. How many are righteous? None. You got that? None are righteous. This is the condition that you and I are in without Christ. When we're born into this world, our first birth, we're children of the flesh. There's none righteous, no, not one. Not one. Number two, there's none that understands. You cannot understand spiritual things because those spiritual things are spiritually discerned, and without the Holy Spirit, you cannot understand the things of God. So, he says, there's none that understands, none that seeketh after God. Now, you may have a desire, but wouldn't it be neat if everybody just sought the Lord? But with the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's the light that shines into a dark man who can't see, and God enables a man to see by the light of the gospel. Then he can understand that he's a sinner, and he needs a Savior, and that he's going to be judged. Let us see, none that doeth good. No, none. Not a one. They are all gone out of the way. In the Old Testament, he puts it this way. All we like sheep have gone astray. But the Lord laid upon him the iniquity of almost everybody. See, some people like to misquote the scriptures, and they really believe it that way. But when I do it, you catch it. Because you can discern. You know that, hey, that's not right. Because you know and you believe the Bible. But there's none good, no, not one. All right? Page two. All have sinned. All have sinned. You say, well, you, all, you just don't know my Aunt Susie. She, she wouldn't hurt a fly. I mean, she'd give you the shirt off her back. If anybody's going to heaven, surely she will. Well, I got some bad news for you. If Aunt Susie hasn't trusted Christ as Savior, Aunt Susie's not going to heaven. You ever heard of a person by the name of Mother Teresa? How many of you have heard of Mother Teresa? Let me see your hand. Mother Teresa, and they talk about all the good things that she did. And I think it's great that somebody does all that. But if she trusts in those good works to get her to heaven, or any good deeds that she's ever done to get to heaven, or trust her Catholic church to get her to heaven, she's not going to heaven. It doesn't matter. There's no difference. They're all in the same boat. You can take the Pope. The Pope, he's not my father. I don't bow to him. I won't kiss his ring or his toe. I will not honor him. Why? He's nothing more than a man. He's nothing more than a sinful man also. He's just like the rest of us. He's no better than anyone else. I'm the preacher here at Calvary Community Church. That makes me better, right? 
No. I got one fan here. And only one. I'm no better than anybody. I'm a sinner saved by grace. And if you're saved, you're a sinner saved by grace. And that's all you are. Isn't it wonderful that God so loved the world? Not, I love those that are better than others. No. He so loved the world. Now notice. Because we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The glory of God is the perfection of God. See, here's God and He's perfect. He's just. He's righteous. We are sinners. There's nothing we can do to be equal with God. We cannot justify ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot exalt ourselves to be equal with God. But what Jesus Christ did, He came down into the world, took all of our sins, paid for them on the cross, and went back to heaven. And He says, whosoever will accept that payment, He will give you His righteousness. Now, if God gave me His righteousness, that would make me as righteous as God. If He gave me His perfection, that would make me as perfect as God. If He justifies me just as if I had never sinned, then I am just with God. God can find no fault in me. He justified me, declared me righteous. I'm a child of God. You see, that is my position in Christ. Because all I did 55 years ago was I trusted Christ as my Savior, and He did all of that for me. Nothing that I've done since that day has added to my salvation. I am just as saved today as I was 55 years ago. I'm not more saved because of what I've done. I'm more saved, more sure, more guaranteed. No, 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 no. That day I trusted Christ as my Savior, I was saved, justified, declared righteous, made pure and holy and set apart and belonged to God. Now, you notice what he says here on the next one. The wages of sin is what? Death. Wages, sin, death. Everybody sins, everybody must die. That's why everybody dies. The next statement Letter F, R, are not the children of God. Romans chapter 9 and verse 8 says, and makes this statement, that is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. Look up here. Let me show you a simple illustration. I've used it before. Others have too. But I learned it mainly from Dr. Ray Stanford, in whom I consider to be a tremendous Bible teacher. He's now in heaven, and um, I bet there's a lot of people up there that are thankful that he came this way through the world because he contacted so many people and gave them the gospel. But now let me tell you this. This is when we're born into this world. This is our flesh birth. I was born into this world 74 years ago on Thursday. And so I am a child of the flesh. I have a sinful nature. And because of that sinful nature, that's why I lie and cheat and all those things. It's not good, just like you. We have a sinful nature. We naturally are rebellious and we want our own way. Everybody's the same way. And God says there's none righteous, not a one. There's none that doeth good, not one. There's none that seeketh after God, not one. So, God says, because you've all sinned, you all have to die. So, as long as you are in the flesh body, and that's what I see, 
That's your first birth. And you have sinned, and you are going to die. And when you die, you're going to be separated from God for all eternity. You can't change that. You can't alter that. Your works have nothing to do. You can't change that because it's on the inside of you. It's your nature to be sinful and to be rebellious. And God says, these that are children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. Sometimes you hear people say, we're all the children of God. No, we're not. We're all the creation of God, and God is our God, but He's not your father until you're born into His family. So yes, we're all sinful. We're all going to die. You're not a child of God. And the next statement, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Now this I say, brother, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. See, corruption cannot inherit incorruption. You cannot better yourself. A rock can't become a plant, and a plant can't become an animal. An animal can't become a person. Now, a person can become an animal. <laughs> but now here we are. We cannot move into a new realm and, and elevate ourselves into another dimension. It's impossible. You are a sinner. You need a Savior. So the Bible says the children of the flesh cannot see or enter into the kingdom of God unless they're born again. So look at the next statement. The new nature. If the gospel we preach does not make one perfect immediately upon the new birth from above, it is totally ineffective in getting us to heaven. You need something that can make you perfect. And here's the only way it can be done. When you hear the gospel, the good news, of Christ coming to the world, dying on the cross, paying for sin, coming back from the dead. And God said, if you'll believe that, I'll give you a new birth. So that means you're accepting his death as your death. So you can't get the new one until this one dies. Can't get this one until this one dies. It means your first birth that you have because you're condemned by the law. So Christ came into the world, died for you. So when you accept his death payment, in God's eyes, that was your death of the first birth, and he gave you a new birth. This one is born of God. See, if this one is born of God, there's something special about this second birth. This is the one that's born of God. Now look what we have here. Letter A, Jesus says you must be born again. That which is born of the flesh, flesh. That which is born of the spirit, spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Now, you know what most preachers are trying to do? They're trying to take the child of the flesh and convert him. Get him to change, be good enough, and so that'll change him. I mean, if you walked into a garage, would that make you an automobile? Walk into a bakery, would that turn into a donut? If it was a chocolate eclair, it might work. And neither does going into a church turn you into a Christian. You can't convert this man and make him a child of God. He has to be born into God's family. And the only way is because you have to realize he died for me. So I'm accepting his death as my death, as a payment for my sins. Because I'm going to die and i got to pay. Christ died. He paid for your sins. Come back from the dead. And when you believe that he did it for you, he gives you a new birth. But your new birth is not this one, that which is of the flesh is flesh, that which is of the spirit, 
spirit. This second birth is a spiritual birth. You can't see it. You can't feel it. It's because it's based upon the Word of God, what God says. God is a spirit, and He gives you a spiritual birth. Now, when you are a believer in Christ, that's when God gives you this new birth. Telling someone how to go to heaven is the greatest thing we can do in this life. To prepare you, Pastor Yankee Arnold is offering you his book, Gospel Driven Man, absolutely free. Gospel Driven Man explains in simple steps how to successfully share the gospel. To get your free copy of Gospel Driven Man, write to Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Or email Yankee Arnold at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.